Sukkah daf hey. Today's first email comes from Ira Tenenbaum. I had not looked at a Gemara in 40 years. I started to listen to Yashir in November, sh- shortly after my mother was Nifter, and I have not missed a single daf since. I start work every morning at 3 a.m. and afterwards head straight to the gym where I listen to your daf while on the elliptical. I find your shiurim keep my attention as well as inspire me to devote more time to Torah learning. This new learning regimen has improved my life in countless ways. Thank you and Tiskel and Mitzvahs, Ira. And from Yisrael Wednesday, he says, I start joining your daily shir now from Sukkot on Torah anytime. I'm able to understand by listening while sitting in traffic on the BQE on the way to, to work. And then he goes on to say that there's a big audio issue, which is true. We upgraded our equipment, so there's a very, very big issue. But Baruch Hashem, we think we have it resolved. Thanks a million. We should be able to continue learning the Dav and Yerushalayim with the Mashiach still before Tishabov, your new Talmud, Shruli Wettenstein from Brooklyn. So Sukkadav, hey, we learned in the Mishnah that a Sukkah that's less than 10 Tfachim, tall as possible. According to Rav Huna, we learned it from the Kruvim. The Kruvim were on top of the Arayim, which was in Kaidish HaKadosh. And just like in the first base Hamigdash, we know that the Kruvim stood one-third the height of the entire Migdash that Shleim HaMelech built. The Kruvim themselves were 10 Amah. And they stood directly on the ground. The actual Beit Hamidish was 30 amas, so that's a third. The same exact thing, says the Gemara, is in the second Beit Hamidish. The Kruvim stood one third the height of the Beit Hamidish. The Beit Hamidish was 10 amas tall, which is 60 tfachim. Each amas has 6 tfachim. The Aroid was 10 tfachim. Therefore, the Kruvim, which were on top of the Aroid, took up 10 tfachim. It says in the Pasuk, they spread their wings above, and they create a shade with their wings on top of the kapiris. In other words, they were slightly above the ten tfachim. And that the Torah considers schach. So from here we learn the idea of a sukkah has to be mesachach, has to create schach, ten tfachim above the ground. According to Rabbi Yehuda, who says the Arain, which we know in the Torah is an Amma and a half, but according to Rabbi Yehuda, since the Amma is only five Tfachim when it comes to Kalim, this Arain is only eight and a half Tfachim. Therefore, if the top of the Kruim reached 20 Tfachim, that means that the Kruim themselves were 11 and a half Tfachim. So it can't be that he learns it from Kruim, because otherwise you would have to say that a Sukkah is supposed to be 11 and a half Tfachim. So where does he learn from? He learns it from the idea from Rav that when it comes to Mechitza and Chatzitza and Shirim, all those three things are Halacha L'Moshim Sinai. In other words, Moshe Rabbeinu received it directly from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Although you can learn that a Mechitza on Shabbos has to be ten Tvachim from the Aaron and Kaparis, you can't learn this out for Sukkah. Because it could be that a Sukkah is exactly like the Aaron. And the Aran together with the Kapiris is 10 Tfachim. And a Sukkah would, would say that the Sukkah together with the Schach is 10 Tfachim. Not that you need the empty space from the floor until the Schach 10 Tfachim. Maybe it's with the Schach. The Aran was 9 Tfachim. The Kapiris, which is the cover on top of the Aran, which contained the Luchais, was 1 Tfach. And because Baruch Hu, met, so to speak, Moshe Rabbeinu on top of the Kapiris. 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu never went down below 10 Tfachim to, to earth. And Moshe and Eliyahu Anavi never went up to Shemayim. All the Psukim that seem like from the Pesach, HaKadosh Baruch Hu went down and Moshe and Eliyahu went up. We have to say that HaKadosh Baruch Hu went up until 10 Tfachim from the ground and Moshe and Eliyahu went up until 10 Tfachim to Shemayim. The fact that Moshe Rabbeinu touched the Kisei HaKavid, which is in Shemayim, and the reason why HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, if you touch the Kisei HaKavid, that will give you a layer of protection against the Malachim. We have to say that the Kisei HaKavid came down all the way to the border between Shemayim and the in-between where Moshe Rabbeinu was able to touch it without actually entering Shemayim. Akoponim you see from here that 10 Tfachim is considered Rishos. The fact that Hashem doesn't go into the, our Rishos, that's a new domain. And therefore, we're required to create a Mechitza, a separation between the upper domain and the lower domain, not just from the two different sides, but from top and bottom. The Kapiras is one and a half Amma by two and a half Amma. But the thickness of the Kapiras is not mentioned in the Torah, and we have a machlaikis. Where do we know that the kapiris' thickness is one tefach? According to Tanakama, we learn from the Mizgeres on the Shulchan that decorative kli that we have around the Shulchan, which is the, the smallest kli that we have in the Torah, which the Torah says is a tefach. Why don't we learn from the actual Shulchan, which is one and a half amma? Why do we learn from the Mizgeres, which is only a tefach? Because of the concept of fasta marubaleta fasta, if you try to grab too much, you're not going to grab anything at all. But we have the tzitz, which the Kohen Gadol wore on his forehead, the zer, which was a crown around a few of the kalim. The Torah doesn't mention a shear, and therefore we don't learn from them. Chacham say that the tzitz is two finger breaths, and this is machlaikis exactly what, how do you write Kaidish Lashem on the tzitz, according to Tanakama. You have the word Kodesh and then a Lamed on the bottom. According to Rashi, Hashem's name, Yudke Vavke, is directly above it. According to Taisus, it's to the left and top. According to Rebeliezer, he says, I was in Rome, I was allowed into the room, and I was able to see that it says Kodesh Lashem on one plain level. Rav Huna says, Al Kedma. We learn the word Pnei Pnei, it's Xerius Shava, to prove it. It says by Kruvim also, Pnei HaKruvim. And we know that the face of the Kruvim was at least a Tefach. Therefore, the Kapiris is a Tefach. What does Kruvim mean? Kruv means a child in Aramaic. The Kruvim looked like children. In the Merkava, there was four Chayas. One of them had the face of a child. And the second one had a face of an adult. Have a wonderful day.